you you stopped and said stop being boring. <laughs> I did. Yes. The um. <laughs> well, hey everyone. Hey Dana. No, you're not recording, are you? Oh yeah, I've been recording. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have a mouthful of carrots. I'm like a rabbit over here. That's all, all right. right. That's all right. The um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How are you doing today? Oh, terrible, but I'm here. <laughs> yeah, you're not feeling well, huh? No, I'm not. It's okay. Do you still have a fever? Probably, but I'm all right. Lots of DayQuil, so. Nice. Should be a good podcast. Yeah. Well, actually, it's NyQuil that really would, oh, make, yeah. it, would make it a fun podcast. <laughs> That's true. I already texted you about, like, my crazy dreams because of NyQuil last night, so. Yeah. I was in one of them. You were. You are. The, um, the, <laughs> I don't even want to know. What it was about. You didn't fire me, right? I didn't fire you. Oh, no. Okay. That's okay. been other dreams, but not this one. <laughs> I had a dream that um, two nights ago that we got in a fight. I can't remember what it was about, though, but I woke up and I rem- – like I, it took me like a good 10 to 20 seconds um, to realize like we weren't in a fight. You were like feeling traumatized I was. I was like – I was – yeah. And oh. so I'm, oh. I'm glad that, that it wasn't real. Good, good. It sounds like you're just, like, living out your aggression towards me, like, in your dreams. Like, you, you saved it all up. No, you. more like I'm living in perpetual fear you're mad at me. <laughs> That's not true at all. Never. The, um, oh my gosh. Well, I'm sorry you're sick. Yeah, it's all right. We actually have two podcasts to record. All right. So. We're going to do it. Just going to power through, right? That's right. The, um, but first up, this podcast yeah. is about your sermon from two weeks ago. Right, right. Which I'm going to pull up pretty quickly because literally in my mind, for all of you listening, that is three sermons in my mind ago. No, it's Because true. it's been a busy time. So Well, that's okay because it's my job to remind you. Of what I've said. Of what you said. There you go. Um, you preached on um, a portion of 1 Corinthians. Yes. And in Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, churches in Corinth, in which there were sort of divisions in the church and they were dividing themselves based on like people whom they knew, whom they were affiliated with. Right. 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 So, um, you know, Cephas being Peter, yes. right? Apollos. Oh, I guess it could have been another one, but I'm assuming it, this is Peter. Well, right? actually, it's so interesting. I mean, a lot of com- scholarly commentaries are like, oh, these are made up people or like oh. not really. Yeah. It was more to like prove a point like, oh, you're associating with like. So there's really no proof that, like, these are historical people that they were aligning with. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Except for Paul. Right, of course. Right, of course. Him referring. Oh, God. And then, oh, this was actually the first time we've had people laugh in church at the scripture. Do you remember this? Oh, it's because it was that, there's that little parenthetical insert. Yes, yes. Um, Which, Yes. Yes, let's look it up because... It so I so got it right here. Okay. So it, it's when Paul says, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius so that none of you can say that you were baptized in my name. And then there's this little like parenthetical aside right. in which he sort of, he says, I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. <laughs> like, this, like, really, yes. like, clearly he's going stream of consciousness. Right. It's like, okay, Paul, like, wow, here we go backtracking. Like, <laughs> you're, like, disproving your point. Like, yes. But I love the congregation just, like, started, like, laughing in church. I was like, wow, that might be a first year. Like, I think because it was just so relatable. You have Paul being like, okay, well, actually, I don't really remember who I baptized. <laughs> but... but 
who cares? Moving on. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter, right? I know. But also, it's like, Paul, you're making the point that it doesn't matter who does the baptizing. The baptizing is done in the name of Jesus Christ. Like, that's the important part. But right. then he gets, like, all muddied down into, like, the, the weeds. He totally goes into the weeds. I totally so. forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> so you, you sort of use this as a launching point, and you pulled in um, – what you referred to as the motto of the UCC. Yes. It's not really the motto of the UCC. I know. Well, I, yeah, it's fine. you're right. It I matter. just threw that right. This I'm being is what happens when you're like, off speaking the cuff, right? off. Right. The, um, the, uh, no, because I have a bigger bone to pick. Oh, and... that... <laughs> So you all should know, like, Alex holds this stuff until we're recording live. Like, we've had weeks in which we could have talked about this. Also, side note, because I know, I know the bone that you're going to pick is the best email I got when I'm homesick yesterday. Linda emailing me like, Dana, I want to check on which version of Micah you're going to use for Sunday. Are you going to talk about love, mercy, or love, kindness? Because, yes, Alex led us down a very long road during staff meeting when you weren't there. (laughs) She was like, it was so perfect. It was the best email I got all day. Okay, well, I'm offended I wasn't on this email (laughs) since I'm being spoken about. Um, But, okay. So you brought up – I can't remember whom this is attributed to, but the the phrase is in all things – no, in essentials, unity. Mm-hmm. In, diver- in, non- in non-essentials, essentials. diversity. In all things, charity. That's right. So let's say that again except correct. Right. In essentials, unity. Mm-hmm. In – Non-essentials, diversity. In all things, charity. Yes. Okay. okay. Thank you. That's okay. And so you use that as sort of a launching off point to talk about how we are creating relationships and seeing one another across the spectrum of cultural, political, societal divides. Yes? Correct. And I was making a point about how the UCC came together out of a series of mergers, right? So um, illustrating, like, here's Paul talking about the church dividing up and wanting to kind of contrast that with how the UCC actually came together um, from four different denominations into one in 1957. And, And the way that it came together was, you know, really holding kind of it's all being held together around, yeah. A motto is the wrong. I don't know. I don't no, know no, what no. the word is I want for this. Yeah, but I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just teasing. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. I don't know what you call it. maybe like a guiding principle. Principle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, which like okay, real talk. Like that sounds great. <laughs> right. Right. But and actually, we talked a little bit about it on that theology on tap on oh, Tuesday. Nice. It sort yeah. of came up, um, and because at the end of the day, like, what are the essentials? Right. 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 Yeah. Well, are you asking that for the UCC as our denomination? Um, I guess I'm asking it in every way. Right, right. Like, okay, let's ask, let's just very briefly, like, what are the essentials for our church? Yeah. Um, well, I always think of it as Jesus Christ being the head of the church. Like, that's a crucial piece. So um, a belief and understanding in um, Jesus Christ and the triune God and scripture as being a, um, a guiding um text for our life together and then so i i feel like there's that piece and then there's like the way we live that out like and that's where there's diversity and kind of what it looks like to live out our belief in jesus christ like what does it look like to live into that and how we do that in a lot of different ways and that's like the messy piece yeah yeah i mean um 
even this week I was like reflecting on the like how some people live that out like through faith in action through social justice work and other people live that out through um like more of a like going deeper in their own spiritual lives and their own um personal relationship with God like you know there's you kind of see that dividing place in our church but also in like in in greater Christianity as well. Yeah, totally. And I think it's so hard because whenever you as like a congregation or as a preacher or as a leader in a church, yeah. like you want to sort of lift up sort of one frame right of that how you're taking the step out of essentials into well, okay, there are two ways I want to cut it. The first way is to say, like, I totally agree with the ways in which you frame the essentials. I might add a few things, but yeah. I'm totally right there, right? Some people will add more things, right? Right. So, okay, so that's one sort of friction place, yeah. right? So there's going to be the disagreement between what feels like an essential and what feels like a non-essential, right? Yeah. And But then that second piece is the one you've mentioned, which is the the places in which whenever you lift up something like whether it's an essential for some and a non-essential for some that it feels like it's being lifted up at the expense of mm-hmm. mine right. worldview which might be different mm-hmm. um and that's always hard yeah. Um, yeah and it's challenging it's challenging to hear things that we disagree with and sort of sit with them and go okay i disagree with that and try to foster conversation around that, but not allow ourselves to, uh, I don't know, uh, sort of push people away or push communities away or because we feel challenged by something. Right, right. Yeah, and I guess even just to back us up from this, what every time you and I have done um, like a newcomer's class, sometimes we look at this um, this guiding principle for a denomination and it always stands out to people like right don't we often have people say like oh I like that or oh I think that's interesting and and one of the reasons I think that it resonates with people is because our denomination and our church is allowing space for differences right like for diversity for the fact that like we are going to live out our faith in ways that might look different from each person and um and, and I think it resonates in the way that it's like, oh, wow, okay, I, there is that kind of spaciousness here. There's that generosity of spirit within this congregation. And that is different from, you know, from some other churches where it's like, here's, like, here's who we are and here's what it looks like to do it and, and to live it. And there's not a lot of freedom in that. Right. So. I think it's hard, you know, because, you know, I was just saying to someone yesterday, you know, we've got folks in our congregation who – are maybe sort of very traditional in you know, they can articulate maybe super traditional ways of ex- experiencing and describing our faith yeah. right like things that you might read in a creed you know in the apostles creed or something and you get folks who are who are pretty sure they're atheists who are right. here every sunday right and you get everyone in between that's such a weird place to to lead from as a pastor or a lay person right right so Whereas you have congregations with whom when you join, there are statements of belief that you have to adhere to. And the pastors always preach from those places. And there is no wiggle room. That's right. The only wiggle room is like, how are you finding your way towards those beliefs? Yes. Right? You're like, you're never, it's not a value to foster 
a variety of ways. Of, right. Right. So that's super hard to build community in that way because people are going to naturally um, – there's going to be friction all the time because you're not all sort of pulling in this really narrow way. You're, right. you're, you're pulling in this sort of – or the circles you're drawing around yourselves are really big right. as opposed to really small. Yes. And so that makes it really hard. Um, and I would just say that friction isn't always a bad thing, right? No, it's, it's not. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think it, in many ways it's the harder route to take, but that friction could allow us to get clear on like who am I? What do I believe? Like, and that we have to, you know, authentically discern that for ourselves. And um, yeah, and, and, that's, and something beautiful comes out of that dialogue and that conversation. Um, rather than like being spoon-fed exactly what we need to believe in, um, and who we are as people of faith. Yeah, you know, it's always going to be, it, 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 friction is always uncomfortable, right? right? Um, but, you know, it's just going to be a byproduct of communities like ours yeah. in which um, people are going to disagree, Right. You know, um, I think speaking from like the preaching perspective, you know, it's hard because, you know, we don't, you know, you're trying to walk a fine line as a preacher, right? Like you, part of our goal is to create friction. Yeah. Right. And, right. And, but not friction for friction's sake. Yeah. It's, it's friction because that's the place in which, you know, um, you grow. That's right. right. Like I love this example. Uh, you know, people talk about like, oh, caterpillars, they go right. into their cocoon and they become butterflies. No, you know what happens in the cocoon? They become puddles of goo. This is true. Right, right. And then oh, they like yeah. reform into this butterfly. Okay. So it isn't like, oh, isn't that cute? Like, right. So there's this, and that's true for so many things, yes. right? Like you want to transform metal, it's got to, you know, be forged in thousand yes. degree furnaces, right? So friction is an essential part of our faith mm -hmm. and our growth. So we as preachers want to create friction in your life. Mm -hmm. and um, But it's, it's knowing that like what's a little friction for someone is going to feel like a lot of friction yeah. for others. And what feels like a lot for some is going to feel like a little for others. Sure. Um, so it's – I'm not, I'm not trying to just like create some, you know, treaties or defense of us or anything. I just mean to say – you know, this whole idea that you bring up that friction is important. Yeah. And we strive to avoid it, not just in church, but like throughout oh. a whole life. I don't think that really serves us. It's not, you know, the problem is not friction. The problem is how we react. That's right. And, and, and what spirit we bring into friction. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, that is really the, the thing that needs mending, not the release of friction. Right. Yeah, I agree with you in every way. Um, just today, I hosted an interfaith gathering, and two of the rabbis that were here were commenting about how um, a number of people that are part of their um, their Jewish um, community are atheists, right? Like, don't believe in God at all. Some of it's due to the Holocaust, and you know, and and other reasons. But um, and so, but. Within the Jewish um, faith, there's so much space for friction, for debate, for like, let's wrestle with this scripture and talk about it. And, um, you know, and I was just reminded of that this morning of, of talking with them and inter interacting with them, realizing like, oh, like in the Christian community, I feel like we often think like everything needs to be like 
we all are on the same page all the time and we all believe the same things and think in the same ways. We're like, you know, for in a Jewish temple, that's never the starting point or the assumption, you know, instead it's like something good will come out of like a dialogue around this. Um, and that, that God's going to be present with us, like as we wrestle with this text, like that's like so part of their faith to like, um, go back and forth and to, you know, and not feeling like they need to get to a place where they're all in agreement in any way. So. Yes. That's such a, you know, cause I, but I think what binds them together is there's, there's being, you can be religiously Jewish. That's right. right? There's you, a lot of culture. Right. Of, yeah. And so that's, I think that that's a lot of, provides a lot of commonality. Right. That is, in, in modernity in Christianity, it's sort of like, it's a little, I'm not saying our church, but we're sort of going a little towards this whole, well, if you don't give me what I want, I'll just go somewhere else where I'll get it. Yeah. Type of relationship right. with church, right? Which you don't see as much of in right. Jewish community. But that's also because there are just less yeah. temple, synagogue, shuls, right? Right. Whereas there's so many Christian churches, if you just don't like it mm-hmm. or you're not hearing the things you want to hear or the things are too hard, we'll just go somewhere where you'll hear it. Yeah. Now, there's a, a great joy in that, uh-huh. but there's also a, a way in which if you're not careful, you're trying to just eliminate friction. That's right. And that's – listen, we need friction. Without friction, you'll like slide down the street, right? Yeah. Like friction keeps you like – move in the direction you want to go and keep your feet in the ground and like you know so as much as i like avoiding friction and we all do there is something about it that is is friction is what creates the piece of art so you need it yeah and i always remind people of this like when we're on a path toward growth in any way like there's going to be resistance or friction like that's a natural part of like oh, we're growing, we're evolving, we're changing, like, ah, you know, there's that friction place. Like, and so, and, but we often, like you said, we often see it as a negative where it's like, no, this is what we need to create, like, a beautiful community. This is what we need to trust in God that, um, this is what we need in order to understand how, um, you know, somebody who's very different than me might be, you know, helping for me to see a part of myself or a part of the world that I, I couldn't see through my own eyes. And for me, that is such a that is such a way to look at our country as a whole, right? Like why is does it feel really hard right now? It's because the things are we're growing, we're changing. Yeah. And of, so of course there's friction, right? Because it's like, you know, when you're a teenager and you grow, it hurts. It literally hurts yeah. to grow, right? And so I what I think we're seeing is yeah, the country is changing in lots of ways, right? Like jobs are changing what people literally look like are changing like and that's all that's going to create friction and so um that's not necessarily excusing bad behavior from anyone but it's to say like yeah some people are gonna react poorly to increased friction and so how do we as christians then not become parts of people who respond in those from our our lesser selves yeah but can say okay image of god in everyone i belong to christ how do i love in that way without sacrificing the things that are the essentials for me yeah without sort of saying like oh i have to like shut up about the things that matter but finding ways to 
to bring our best selves to these conversations and not avoid friction, but to find ways to teach each other how to um, go, engage the friction in ways that might actually help both of us grow. That's right. That's right. And in my sermon, I talked about starting small, right? Because it's really hard to do that with like a whole monolith of people, right? Like, oh, you know, I'm going to try to engage and take on like every person who votes in this way, or I'm going to try to, you know, engage and take on people who are, you know, against this particular cause that is important to me, right? But instead saying like, I'm just going to have coffee with some, with like a neighbor. I'm going to, ha- I'm going to like talk to the other, like, you know, parent on the side of the soccer field, like starting in those places rather than trying to engage, especially social media is such a platform where we see this all the time right now. People like taking on these huge issues. Um, I know I got baited into something yesterday. <laughs> Like, and I've been so good. Every once in a while, though, you get pulled in. I've been so good for, like, so long. I got baited, um, you know, and with a fellow pastor. Oh, boy, yeah. Because, you know, I'll live my own vulnerability. What gets me is when people, like, start throwing bombs, and it's just, like, without any regard for, you know, an attempt to have a conversation or to say, like, oh... Like, you know, speaking from their own perspective, using I statements right. or, or like, oh, I, I read this. What do we th-? But when people just come in like throwing hammers and elbows and it just it gets me so mad, especially when I see it from right like, from a pastor. Clergy. Yeah. And I mean, it was in a clergy like yes. environment. So but it just like it just gets me so mad. So even then I was like, man, I don't want to. And I so I think it ended up in a place which was fine. But. It is hard. Like I'm yeah. just, I'm, I'm telling the story just to like confess. No, you know, exactly. Th- I have my own things that just get me, yeah, like really worked up. Right. Um, right. And, but I know it's, ugh, it's because people care and friction's hard and yeah. so. Anyways, we right. all got stuff to work on. <laughs> but we can start small. No. Yeah. No. And and um, yeah. And not to say like we we shouldn't take some of these things on. Like yeah, that might have been a necessary arena for which you stepped into. Um, but yeah, uh, it it is a challenging time, uh, and and I love that you're helping us, Alex, today to see like what's happening in our country. Like, you know, rarely are we seeing this as like a movement towards growth, but uh, but that might be a helpful way in which we need to see uh, how. I do think so. We, yeah, and that's not to excuse any behaviors that any politician or leaders or neighbors say, but simply to like yeah, like when things are changing. There's always going to be like reactions to that. Right. Some of them are good, and some of them are going to be scary and bad. And but we have to like cling to, um, you know, who we follow and live that in the world. And we're not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes, but the right. best we can. So that's right. That's right. Um, God, we've been going for so long. Have we? Yeah, it's been a long time. Okay. But the uh, I do want to talk about this. Oh, okay, go ahead. Oh, that's right. All right, go ahead. I forgot. So um, you chose when you were talking about this in essentials unity, in non-essentials diversity, diversity, and in all things things charity. charity. And I said another way to say charity is kindness. Yes. And afterwards, you were like, while we're up in the chancel, you were like, listen, I have a major issue. I did not say that. The sermon was fine. I did except, not say that. <laughs> except for the fact 
that kindness does not equal charity, right? <laughs> All right, that was a, a largely editorialized version of what <laughs> I had said. Um, yeah, but yes, it's, <laughs> yes. So why did you why did you choose kindness as sort of like to say as your frame for charity? Okay, so it was so interesting that you called me out on this because I literally just didn't give it any thought. But it it was one of those like in the moment of preaching that I was like, oh God, are people like does charity that word feels so old school in this kind of context, right? Like people think of charity as like I donated to a charity, right? There, I don't think they're thinking of charity in this kind of context. So in that moment, I was like. That's why I switched to kindness. And, and Or I just said, another way to say that is kindness. I, so I hadn't given much thought to like, anyway. So I want to I wanna hear what your pushback is on this. Because this is coming from somebody like, I, I did not like literally sit around and say like, what does charity mean? Or, and I didn't like go deep into it. But anyway. So, but I know you've got thoughts on it. Because like, <laughs> you had to immediately tell me after my sermon. So go for it. Okay. So, <laughs> the, you know... For me, you know, kind okay. So this this coming Sunday, you're going to preach on Micah, yes. like six one through eleven. Yes. In that is Micah six eight. Yes. You know, what does the Lord require of you? Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with God. Yes. That's a common translation of yes. that, right? Um, and so, uh, the translation I like better in there is mercy. Right. Love, right? M- love mercy. Yes. And. I bring that up because I think both like seeing charity as kindness and mercy as kindness sort of cheapen what they actually mean to me. Right. right? I, I think they're related. Right. And for me, um, charity, even though I don't see charity as mercy as synonyms, but I'm going to play with that a little bit, um, is this idea that it's asking us to acknowledge looking at one another and it's almost, it's like a, it's a, it has more of a relation to empathy than kindness. Right. Right. Kindness, I can be kind to people I absolutely loathe. It can be like such a, a fake kindness. Oh, you're thinking more nice. Oh, but I think, I, maybe. I think niceness is like, ugh, like that's just a way to like kind of, I don't know. I mean, okay, interesting. I guess. Okay, that'd yeah. be interesting to hear how you define kindness. Because I can't, I can't get a depth out of kindness right. for me. Like I don't like not that being kind is bad. Yeah. Right. Again, I'm talking. I'm thinking on this level like our faith is calling us to like deeper, more challenging yes. things. Yes. And I don't think kindness for me, how right. I define it, is yeah. ch- is challenging. Yeah. Charity for me is challenging because it requires me to give something of myself. Yeah. Over to someone with for whom it. You know, I think in the in this classic instance, is someone I don't want to in that moment. Yeah. Right. So you're having, and in, in a way of giving yourself over, you're empathizing. You're yes. like trying to imagine what it's like to be in their shoes. Right. 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 I guess. I guess maybe my key point is not your choice of kindness, but maybe why I wouldn't choose it is because there are too many sort of definitions of kindness that are more like niceness. Niceness. Yeah. Whereas you know, once you drill down into charity into mercy. There, it, it's it's a little. I prefer them because they're harder to escape into niceness. Yeah, I, I right with those words. Sure. Because I really think what our times call for is not niceness. Yeah, it, I actually think niceness can be dangerous. It's just yes. a mask, right? In many ways, yes. What really calls for us is is to empathize, and 
in ways that are hard, not in like some complete way. Like I, I don't want you to like go empathize in some really deep way with neo-Nazis, right? Yeah. Like I want you to empathize like with the part of them that is the image of God. Mm-hmm. But I don't want you to like empathize with like, oh, maybe like some neo-Nazi philosophies. Like I can see why you'd think that. Like no, no. right? Yeah. But like with a person behind yeah. these things that people do and say – that in like small ways transform our interactions. Mm-hmm. So that that sort of was why I I'm not buying stock in the word kindness. So um, so for this Sunday, I'm preaching on Micah six eight, which you've talked about, right? And I am going to preach on the NRSV version, which is to love kindness, yeah. right? And a point which may or may not make its way into its ser- into Sunday sermon is about how, for me, kindness in its best form is an act of civil disobedience. It's not at all like that niceness of like, oh, Alex, you look great today, or like I held the door for the older person or something like that. Um, you know, kindness is like is is actually often means like resisting. Um, the roles that we feel like we need to play or the roles that we see other people being squeezed into like like kindness often asks us to like um i mean i want to say like resist the empire but like resist um you know the the culture's pressure on us to be a certain way or to um and 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 to extend that kind of like radical like hospitality to extend um ourselves beyond like what we would imagine doing for the sake of another so anyway we'll see huh. oh, all right I, I can i can i'm looking forward to that I'm beginning to reimagine this phrase kindness because i always think of you know like these like small acts of kindness which, right like i do think matter yeah they matter but they matter you know i'm thinking even deeper than that sure right? sure but I totally love that that sort of framing and that like kindness is actually somewhat revolutionary in our world that doesn't value right. You know, the empire that phrase you use is a link to like the Roman Empire. Yes, it's a biblical framing. Yeah, right of Jesus's acts in relation to his life in relation to the Roman Empire. Right. So yeah, in it being kindness being a a sort of um, an antidote to yes sort of the ways of our world which don't value that which right. we, pr- we pretend to value that yeah but we don't no. really do that very well in practice exactly yeah huh all right all well, right i'm looking More forward to this sunday yeah it'll be to great come. well i hope i hope it comes together it no will. it's gonna it's, it sounds like it's our, a lot of it's already there it will i look forward to that well thanks everyone all right thanks, thanks for, alex for sticking through this long podcast yeah that's right thank you all all right we'll see you next week yes see you soon bye, bye.